Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Elijah Fire episode 229. Today is Wednesday, May 10th, 2023. I cannot believe we're already at like May 10th because it feels like May just started and now we're like a third of the way through and that's crazy. So um, today's May is also my wife's birthday month at the end of the month. So I'll, uh, I'll make sure to give her a shout out and let you guys all know when her birthday actually is so that you guys can show her some love as well. We love Lauren. We love having her on the show. I want to bring her back because actually I heard from several people in Israel when we were there that they want to see more of her. And I say to that, I do too. So we're going to try and work out some more times that we can have Lauren on. Yay. If you guys are listening on Spotify, uh, go ahead and follow us if you're not already. That's going to really help us out. Thank you. And then, of course, if you're listening on the app, you can rate this podcast. Give us your honest and heartfelt review. That would really help us out as well. So um, I think that's it. I want to jump right in. I love having this guest on. We jam. That's what we do. He's an author. He's an evangelist. He's a missionary. He's also the host of the fantastic podcast, Radical Radio with Robbie Dawkins. If you guys have not started listening to that podcast, go ahead and do yourself a favor and start listening to it. There's a link in the description uh, to the Spotify link. Uh, you can listen to it other places as well, but it's just really good, man. They just, they go deep. Robbie and his guests, they go deep. And I love that. So let's give it up for my guest today, Robbie Dawkins. Robbie Dawkins, hello. I feel like I've arrived every time. I know. We just roll out the red intro, carpet. I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, wow, man. The, the, the VIP treatment. Yeah. I feel it. I feel yeah. it. And we also it's spelled your name right this time on the, uh, the little overlay. <laughs> yeah. I had to check yep. that really quick while we were, while the show was counting down. I was like, oh, did we spell it wrong again? I have to check. <laughs> we got it. We're good. We're good. Uh, my mother right. would be very happy. Yay. Yay. <laughs> All right. So, man, um, you, you know, we were talking backstage, but you've been a part of um, several or all of Darren Wilson's documentary films. Um, and uh, so those who don't know, Darren Wilson is a he's a filmmaker, a documentary filmmaker. And I think his first film short or his first documentary was like finger of God or something yeah. like that. Mm -hmm. um, and he really just chronicles God moving in different parts of the world, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Um, but you know, you, he's, he has a new one coming out called the God man. Um, and uh, so let's talk a little bit about that. Like how did this project come to be? You obviously have been involved in, mm -hmm all of his his documentaries so yeah let's just jump right into it like how did how did it even start how did you even get involved with darren well it, it's interesting because we had met years ago uh the pastor of the church that he attended uh invited me to come and speak several times and and he heard me speak he was actually when we met he was a a prof an english literature prof um, at a Baptist uh, university wow. um, in the Chicagoland area. And, um, and after hearing some of my power evangelism stories and, um, you know, seeing me do a bunch of prophetic ministry and mm -hmm. things like that, uh, he came up to me afterwards and he said, hey, would you 
ever consider coming and speaking to, you know, I'd like to try to get you into a chapel uh, at this. And when he told me the university, I was like, uh, I don't think they're going to let me come speak. Yeah, you sure about that? <laughs> and, and he was like, no, no, I, I think I, I think I got enough cred to where that I can do that. Mm -hmm. And, and so, you know, he went and appealed to them and they were like, no way, you know, type of thing. We don't <laughs> want so, that weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. got shot down pretty fast. And then, um, and then uh, the next time I went to, the second time I went to go preach there, which was, I guess, about a year later, I gave him a prophetic word. Um, and I, I, I just saw that and I, I don't, I've never had a, that I can recall, I, you know, in the prophetic, you sort of get some patterns and you'll kind of give words that are kind of almost have, they may not be exactly the same, but there's yeah. a pattern to them. Mm -hmm. This had, the pattern was, I, I'd never, I'd literally never given anything like it before or after, but I saw, um, I saw like a box and like claymation and him making like claymation you know, moving the characters around and then mm -hmm. taking the picture and then do it mm -hmm. again and taking the picture. Like I saw this, you know, this thing uh, playing out. And I said, this is the strangest thing, but I see you doing this. And I said, but you're moving the figures and moving the, and, and he, he's, he's kind of looking like, like, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. And then all of a sudden he goes editing. And I was like, editing and he goes yeah like editing he goes the claymation it could be almost like editing you know in a way and i said yeah and i said but in the in the thing i said i saw you doing this and the holy spirit had his hands on your shoulders and he was directing and he was moving and he was and so wow. when he when he started off you know with finger of god he said you know the holy he goes i the holy spirit was directing this movie that came out of this prophetic word that I had for him uh, regarding that, and that mm. the Holy Spirit was 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 guiding him as he was moving the figures and doing all this. Wow! And um, and so and I said, you know, uh, in, in the Word, uh, I, I I'd since forgotten about it. He's he's had to remind me about it a couple of times. Uh -huh. As but, is common when you give a prophetic word to somebody, yeah, you're not usually exactly. the one that remembers it. People come yeah. up with, you remember ten years ago when you yeah. get? I'm like. No, Maybe, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh -huh. um, it's it's funny. A lot of people in the prophetic don't realize that if it's kind of like if it's my thought, if it's originating from me, I actually do remember it. Like I remember mm -hmm. conversations re really, really well. Yeah, and I can call stuff like that. But if it's uh -huh. a word, man, like almost ten minutes later, I can't remember. And right. so he's had the sense remind me several times about what was said. And I'm, you know, going off of his recall of it uh, because I certainly don't have any, but it, it was, but it, this whole thing. And so then he, he says, you know, actually, you know what I'm working on. And by that time he had just his very, very first interview or very anything for the film was with Bill Johnson. And that he had just recorded only that at that time and so um so he he definitely and and through and working with darren in in these projects there's a clear sense that god is directing things i mean you yeah. it, it's not just a creative idea or creative um you know, gift resident in somebody it's very clear um i'll tell a little side story that i don't think he tells in the movie but when we were uh, filming, uh, oh, I don't remember which one it was. <laughs> um, that's the problem with being in yeah. all of them. It's like, uh -huh. I can't, recall. 
but yeah. there was we were in Greece uh, and and we were going up to um, uh, Delphi uh, to the city, the ancient city of Delphi and where the Oracle of Delphi was, you know, type of thing. And he was going to, you know, say, well, let's do prophetic ministry where this person was actually just intoxicated with natural gas and wasn't really prophesying, but, oh, you wow. know, probably demonic influence uh -huh. because of natural gas. Yeah. And so as we were driving, uh, I was not with him. He said to the other guy that was, that I was partnering with on it, he made the comment, he goes, he goes, he goes, I, he fell asleep on the drive because it was like a three hour drive. He said, I see a strawberry blonde haired woman who has mommy issues is the way he described it. And he goes, and there's some real brokenness and relationships and a real, he goes, this woman is going to be the, why God is sending us there wow. uh, to speak to. Well, I didn't hear any of that. I wasn't around for any of that. Um, and then when we got there, there was a tour bus that pulled up strawberry blonde headed woman, you know, came off the bus. Um, and as soon as I saw her, all of a sudden I got, man, she's got a mother wound, you mm -hmm. know, she's got, and again, I had not heard what Darren had said. And so, uh, and she got up and she was like, of course, you know, we know that prophecy isn't real and that the, the Oracle was just actually hallucinating yeah. and not. Yeah. Getting all this natural explanation. And then I just walked up to her and I said, Hey, can I demonstrate to you how prophecy actually is real? And that how God really speaks through people and really. And then I started telling her, I said, you know, you've, you've had this, you know, bitterness and this hurt towards your mother. Your mother really wounded you, your mother really. And she immediately started crying. And, and this, this didn't make it in the movie because we were having problems with the mics. One of them got it, but there was a lot of exterior uh -huh. noise. Yeah. That so happens. we weren't able yeah. to use it for the film. And so it truly was going there just for her wow. uh, because it wasn't even something I think we were able to use scenes from the area in the film, but because of the issues with the mics and, uh, you know, and I said, and I began to give her more prophetic word about, you know, problems in her life and what this has affected. She broke down, she's crying and praying for her. The Holy Spirit's coming on her. It was, it was just this powerful, powerful moment. Wow. But all of that, you know, as soon as Darren sees this woman come off the bus, you know, he's notifying on a walkie talkie to the camera guys, which we're far away from, Hey, this I think is the person. And so it really is the Holy Spirit directing and the Holy Spirit doing this. But with God, man, with the God, man, um, he called me eight years ago um, and was like, hey, we're making the next movie. And eight you know, years ago, eight years ago, <laughs> and he was like, you know, I want you to be in it uh, again, of course. And I want you to be uh, a part. And and I was like, okay. And, and, you know, and so we were, uh, it was originally I and a, another prophetic uh, guy that were going to go down to uh, the Southern tip uh, near the South pole in Chile. And uh, there's a particular part of Chile that's, that's at like the very Southern tip. And we were going to go there and, he was he was doing that and then he was having bill johnson and somebody else i forget who it was go to the up to the northern part of norway uh to kind of get as close to the north pole as possible 
And to just show from both ends of that, none of that ended up working out. They ended up having, um, it was just a lot of warfare. Yeah, people don't realize how much warfare is against these kinds of things. Oh, and how, how they, you know, just, just bashing it and trying to stop it. Well, mm -hmm. um, so it, so f I think four different times he had trips scheduled that got canceled. Wow. Um, and then finally, um, you know, he uh, contacted me and he goes, Hey, he goes, um, you know, the Lord's really given me, he goes, the other things were sort of my ideas. He goes, but the Lord really clearly, um, you know, pointed out where to go to Alaska. And um, interesting. Yeah. And of and, all places. Yeah. Yeah. When you see the movie, it's like you can really see how the, again, exactly how the Holy Spirit was setting this thing up. And it was just, it's just bizarre. I don't want to give yeah. it away, but it, uh -huh. it's throughout the whole point, the whole time, you know, you're just, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're seeing, you know, how things, you know, it's just how the spirit is navigating and how, and, and, and it's interesting because something I, I said, we just did the, premiere at Bethel last Friday, I, I, I said there, I said, you know, everybody thinks these are special events. Everybody thinks these are special. I said, but these, these events are happening all around you all day long. Hmm. These are always there. God is always moving around yeah. everyone, every one of us all day. And you don't need a camera crew. In order there's for God no, to be like, oh, there's a camera here and now I got to do my thing, you know. It's just it, 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 and and when you're a part of them, you know, you even though the cameras are there, you really for those of us who are sort of the, you know, um, you know, the subjects of it, you're, you're, it, it, it feels so natural. It feels so. Uh, you know, it's just a natural thing and natural currents, but you're catching, capturing something that you just kind of live as a lifestyle, you know, that's just a part of your lifestyle. So, you know, sometimes I'll come away and I'll be like, uh, like, you know, when my kids first, I took them to go see uh, the first uh, uh, the, in finger of God, I was in it for just a short part. I didn't have a, a, a as major of a part. We were going to film some other stuff at Burning Man that ended up getting Burning Man ended up saying, nah, we don't want you guys there type of thing. And so mm. it, it ended up getting now they'll allow it. But at the time they wouldn't. Mm. Um, and and uh, so we ended up going, um, you know, they thought we were going to come out with bullhorns and telling everybody how they're going to help. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and that wasn't the goal at all. Yeah. Um, I'm but, sure people have tried, tried that. Oh, so maybe yeah, they, and that's you know. why they were putting a stop to it. Uh -huh. But uh, so in furious love, which was the second, the second movie, you know, when, when we go to these witchcraft festivals and psychic yeah. age festivals, um, it was it, even there. Even in those, you know, uh, those environments, people don't realize how natural it feels and how just how normal it is. And, and, and really, that's how these things should be. They should just feel natural and normal, you know, if just as a part of our everyday, you know, Christ following life, yeah. you know. Yeah. But it, it's uh, it, it and, and yet I, what I started to say, I took my boys to go see it at Darren's studio. And uh, they were very unimpressed. <laughs> they, 
they were like, they were like, oh, we got better stories than that. Oh, what they, wow. We've seen better yeah. stuff than that. Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah. but you know, they were like, Dad, you know what makes it cool? You know what really makes this cool? And I was like, what's that? And they were like, there's music behind it. Oh, you know, yeah. they, they kind of go slow mo a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's this this sort of uh, effect that's mm-hmm. to it. And they're like, we should just put speakers on our shoulders and start. There you go. And move you in know, slow motion. Yeah. And move in slow motion. Yeah. But it really it, they were just they were unimpressed because it was just uh, it's part of how we just live. You know, yeah. it's just it was just everyday life. And so yeah. really but, it just randomly I, I for some reason I can't go. I can't. I keep going back to uh, that prophetic word you gave Darren Wilson all those years ago about claymation or stop motion. And, and for those who don't know what stop motion is, it is a very old style of, of filmmaking where you take an object and you snap a frame and there are 24 frames in a second. And so you do 24 individual movements and that creates movement. And yeah, obviously the editing thing, but I kept, I, I kept, and maybe this makes more sense now that he's got quite a few films under his belt. I think he's got mm-hmm. like eight films, eight documentary shorts. He's done like a book or books. I'm not sure I have one of his books, but um, I think also there's another layer to that prophetic word. I don't know if Darren Wilson is ever going to hear that, but I think that as he continues to progress, each document documentary film is one of those frames. And mm-hmm. if you look at like 24 frames and as he, captures each of these things that god is doing it's actually looking at the body of his work it'll actually illustrate something very important that god desires to communicate through his work and so that was another interesting layer to that and i was like wow yeah that's so accurate because he even says the documentaries are his journey yeah see and they very much are it's 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 a picture of each stage Uh of spiritual journey awesome and yeah. and you really see that. And then this last one, it it taps into one of his kids. Wow. And and their journey and the beginning of their journey. It's yeah. really it's very very powerful. Interesting, interesting. So uh, about this new film, The God Man, which there is a a link to a trailer. I can't play it for copyright reasons, but there's a link to a trailer. You guys can watch that. It's also a. It's going to be in theaters, select theaters. June 6th of 2023, there's a link to the Fathom events. You guys can check and see. It's in uh, playing it's like theater, so it might be in your area. So check that please, link out. Be all over the United States. Please go yeah. see it and get yeah. others to get behind it. Yeah. And and go see it because yeah. it really is, it's gonna bring a lot of people to Christ. Yeah, come on. A lot of people to Christ. So you were saying there's like this one feels really unique. Um, and you obviously you guys premiered it at Bethel and you were talking to Bill Johnson and, and, um, you know, you were saying that like, it'll just talk about it. Like there's something really unique about this one. And I want to hear your thoughts as to why you feel like this one specifically is unique, uh, as compared to the other ones. This one, it, it's, it, you really, you know, of course the title of the God man is Jesus, you know, and you know, alert. Yeah. You got RT, yeah. You got RT Kendall, you know, on it, yeah, saying that, and that's the the interview with RT is kind of where the title came out of. Um, you know, uh, of course, the, the reference to Jesus as the God Man has been, you know, for a long time, but it was, um, but it, it it really the focus is it, on this one. The thing that was different, there's always been in each one of the movies, kind of a climactic point. 
um, either, you know, uh, at the Dome of the Rock uh, in, in Father of Lights or, or, you know, when we were at the Psychic New Age uh, Fair in Furious Love or, you know, um, with different ones, there's different climactic, you know, sort of points and parts that that are in it and and it's sort of <clears throat> it a bit it's sort of a bit features the minister in that you know with this it doesn't feel like any of that thanks for listening the elijah fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours to become a partner visit elijahfire.com slash give it feels like everything is pointing to Jesus. Wow. Like it really feels like a revelation of Jesus uh, in, in, in ministry, in, in, in doing ministry and the heart of Jesus. Uh, you know, at one point he's at a um, garbage dump in Brazil, you know, with this uh, family that moved there and lives there and does ministry there. And, and, you know, they gave up a great life and a great, uh, existence to go and to, to live in the garbage heap, to reach these people. Um, <clears throat> and, and then the stories of the people in the garbage heap, you know, it, it, everything is just, it's revealing what Christ does in us and the impact mm. and the effect. And it's really moving away. You know, there's many of us and a lot of people are communicating, you know, the, and I've felt very concerned about it, the sort of the celebrity Christian culture, right. you know, that we've developed mm -hmm. in the body of Christ and how yeah. unhealthy it is and how, I mean, I understand having mentors and having people that you follow. You know, I have a lot of people reach out to me like, you know, you're you're you know, you're somebody that I respect, that I follow. That I want to, you know, I want to be like in certain areas and stuff. I, none of that's bad in the sense, because Paul says, you know, follow me as I follow Christ. Sure. I mean, well, of course, we want that aspect of it as long as the journey is towards Christ mm -hmm. and moving towards him. But there has kind of we've have sort of developed this you know, unhealthy culture that in some ways I hate, I, I hate to say, but I'm glad to say has been getting exposed, yeah. you know, and, and even, even in some of these ungodly hit pieces about different aspects of the church that are, that are not healthy and not operating in health. I mean, as, as bad as those are to be on the receiving end on the good end of it, it's exposing something that is not Christ-like at all. Right. And, and gets into and, and demonstrates, uh, you know, things that are out of balance and that are out of absolutely you know, that are out of place that we need to mm -hmm. correct. We need to pull back on course with, you know, yeah. and 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 so, it, you know, in this film, it's really to say, look, no one here is the highlight you know, of, of this, uh, you know, documentary experience except Jesus himself. Yeah. And, and, and so every question that Darren asks us and, you know, is all pointing to, you know, tell me about Jesus, tell me about, you know, and, um, and it's just, it, it, yeah, it, it, it's so powerful, uh, you know, to, and it starts, you know, it sort of starts with this scene of this, uh, uh, mixed couple um, that are at the place where George Floyd died, you know, and, and, and talking about forgiveness and talking about love and talking about, uh, you know, responding out of forgiveness. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's just, it's just a really powerful thing to sort of refocus on wow. away from the, 
um, you know, the ills that are going on and, and put the focus back on who Jesus is and the difference yeah. that he makes. And, yeah. and it's just so powerful. Uh, yeah. and, and Darren is really trying to steer. He even said to me, he goes, there's some people I can't even, he goes, there's some people that, that I like being on the film because of what they generate. But he says, there's, there's a lot of people I had to intentionally kind of cut out because it, it felt like too much attention went to them and not to Jesus. Mm. And I mean, I, I, I don't think there are people that mean to do that or that that's sure. their intent, but it just, it somehow it happened. And so he was very selective of who he had in the film to make sure they were pointing, you know, uh, towards Christ. Right. And that, that was the, you know, the end objective, you know? Yeah. Well, it really does sound like this, this documentary is kind of a echo of, what God is doing within the body of Christ right now um, yes. that, you know, it's like, this is the, this isn't about any one specific location. This isn't about any one specific person or pe group of people, church um, denomination. Like it's just Jesus and the hunger that's, that's being stirred in people to pursue Jesus. Um, you know, Jeff, yeah. when I was at the, when I, I went with, um, Laura Randolph, Larry Randolph's wife. I'm sure you guys know Larry. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, this is a prophetic program. It should yeah. be <laughs> Randolph. You know? yeah. I went with uh, I went with Laura Randolph uh, and 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 another friend to uh, to the Asbury revival. And I remember when I walked in, a friend of mine. You know, they, by then they were just only Gen Zers type of thing. But a friend of mine a guy that's been under a lot of my teaching and training was there leading the ministry team. And so he got me in. Um, and as I was sitting there and I was looking at it, I was like, honestly, I was sitting there the whole time going, what an unlikely place for this to happen. Hmm. Um, even though revival has happened at, there's been two other occurrences of revival hitting Asbury. And I think in, in all the previous ones, they sort of did the same thing they did at this one. At some point they shut it down, you know, and they, they yeah. put us, they put the brakes on it, but part of it was a sense from the Lord that that was his intent so that it wouldn't where others would sort of grab it, gravitate to it, broadcast it, which is not bad. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. That's not bad, but would sort of, you know, move that here was a place that was like, oh no, you know, and it was almost like it's so highlighted the things and you could feel the difference between the things that were clearly being directed by the Lord and what was men who were afraid of something getting wild mm. or getting beyond their control. You know, you could feel that difference and it felt like, you know, because you had all these different campuses, Baylor here in Dallas, all of a sudden uh, hundreds of young people started gathering on the, on the lawn and Baylor uh, down in SMU or at SMU. And then also uh, down in Texas A&M, I went down with a group with John Rudke, um, uh, who was Lonnie Frisbee's uh, mm -hmm. roommate. Um, he, he th that we were down there and there was like uh, 150 young people crammed in this tiny little house that were just so hungry. And so that's all these, you know, students, it was just like this most unusual, you know, sort of thing. And, and it was like the Lord was intentionally sort of breaking into these places yeah. that were not 
typical. Now, t- as a pastor, because I pastored for senior pastor for 17 and a half years, youth pastor for 12 years before just doing full-time itinerant ministry. Whenever I prayed for revival, I was praying for it to hit my church. Of course. Yeah. I, was, I, was, I, was, I was praying for the uh-huh. city. But I was specifically saying, but Lord, let it let it be here. I mm-hmm. mean, who wouldn't? Why right. would? Yeah. But I I remember the Lord spoke to me at one point and said, what if you're actually interceding for it to come and to hit the Catholic Church? Hmm. What if you're actually interceding for it to come and to hit the uh, the congregational church or the, um, you know, the E-free church? that would not be likely to have this, that are cessationists in their theology. What if what if what you're praying for? And I came to a point where I was like, Lord, if, if I'm praying selfishly here, just let me change it. Just come anywhere. Just mm-hmm. just come. I don't care. You know, and there can't there came a point of that shift in my heart to where that I was like, I don't care if it happens here in this building. I just want it to happen in the city. I just want it to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, at that time I was living in the Chicagoland in, in, in the, somewhere in the Chicago area, you know, because we were so desperately needed it, you know? And, um, and I think that is again, sort of the theme of what is happening with all of us in the body of Christ now is Let's not just be so myopic to where that we're pulling it for ourselves, but really saying, Lord, as long as that impact happens, as long I don't care where it is, you know, uh, I'm just going to intercede and cry out for it, that it just happened no matter what. Right. So do you feel like that, like even with what what we saw at Asbury, uh, to me, I always looked at it. I want to hear your thoughts on this, but I always looked at it as God kind of, it was like, it wasn't the thing because the thing isn't one specific location. Right. right. But it was like a wet wetting the appetite for some, it was a, it was a almost like a affirmation of the prayers that have gone forward by other people. And that God is like, I am doing this. Keep interceding, keep praying, keep pursuing this. Uh, but I wanted to hear your thoughts on, it. I mean, do you really feel like it was, because I, I look at like, you know, there were some people that when they, they shut it down or closed it off to the outside, whatever I didn't, I didn't, there were some people who were upset, but I was like, I, it was, it's never about one specific location. So for me, it wasn't, I wasn't upset. I was, I was like, I mean, it is a school and like these people paid to be there. And, you know, not that I'm like, oh, we got to like suppress the spirit. That's not, you know, I mean, we shouldn't do that, but you know, anyways, yeah, but I would love to hear your thoughts. I'm sure there were parents that were calling going, Hey, what are you guys doing? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm paying for you to educate my kid. And mm-hmm. here they are in this chapel the whole time. Yeah. You know, what are you doing? Like, I'm sure they were dealing with the pressure of that. We yeah. have, you know, we, we think, well, when something like this happens that everybody's on board, mm-hmm. even if they're a Christian, no, they're not, you know? And, and if they've, if they're struggling with religious spirit, they're especially not. Um, this is the antithesis of what they're wanting, you know, and we have to remember a religious spirit is a demon, you know, and it's working for the devil, not for God, you know, but, uh, and so there is this, I think there's this thing of, you know, um, of, of where that the controls coming in because they're panicking, you know, they're like, man, you know, we don't have the staff to deal with the traffic. We don't have, you know, uh, the ropes for people to follow through, to come into like, all of that, you know, is is time consuming and a and a a, a big pressure on them, um, and so you know, I'm very sympathetic in that sense, you know, from that 
from, you know, from seeing it through that view, I was just in Toronto and I was interviewing uh, in one of our radical radio podcasts, Steve Long, who's the pastor there now uh, that was, you know, John or not sort of the apostolic father of the house Mm -hmm. and, and uh, Duncan and Kate Smith, you know, that uh, now too, but, but he was sort of reflecting on everything sort of like, what did we do wrong? What did we do right? You know, and when that revival broke out, which it to me is the most impactful revival that we've had in my lifetime was Toronto. I mean, it impacted millions all over the world. Um, From my lifetime, I see it as the big, I'm a little biased. It, it impacted me. Yeah. Uh-huh. It set me on on a power evangelism course that I wouldn't have had, and so um, you know, uh, you know, subsequently, you know, out of that Brownsville, just I think nine months after Toronto started, all of a sudden sparked, you know, two, and uh, it it just it was uh, it was just this launch of so so many things, and so I I I think that. Um, you know, when, when these people are in these situations, it's hard to navigate. I, I had a pastor of a very large church that I went to go speak at in Boise, Idaho. He looked at me and I said this on the podcast with Steve. He looked at me and he goes, listen, I want, and this was a vineyard church. He said, look, he goes, bring everything you have, like everything you carry. I want you to bring it. He goes, just don't, we just don't want Toronto. And I was like, who wouldn't want Toronto? <laughs> I want Toronto. What's wrong with you? Like, yeah. Why wouldn't you want Toronto? Uh-huh. And, he, and, he, and I, I said, why? What, what do you mean? What do you not want? He goes, I just don't want to try to figure out who's going to lock up the building at three o'clock in the morning. I don't want to try to figure out who, how they're going to clean the building before the next meeting the next night. He goes, hmm. that. And I was like, oh, so you don't want the revival. You, you want the moving of the spirit in these meetings but you don't want the revival. Oh no, I want revival in the city. I just don't want, you know, and people don't realize that when those things happen, you know, there's, there's a mess. There's a, there's, there's a, a part of that. And I, I love what Jack Hayford said. He had a very powerful prophetic word that he gave the vineyard when I was a vineyard uh, pastor and he warned the vineyard, he goes, you're in danger of losing the very thing that birthed this movement. And he said, and he says, and you'll get to the place to where you get a little embarrassed about how messy he can get, but God <laughs> will never allow it to be clean and neat hmm. because if it's clean and neat, then you're in control. Yeah. Yeah. And, but if it's, if it's messy and it's it, then it's clear that he's in control. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we refer to that as the chaos of God, you know, that mm. it's the chaos of God and, and yeah. man, how right he it, he was in saying that he was warning and saying, you're in danger of walking away and abandoning the very thing that launched you, the very thing that released you, because all of a sudden you get tired of the mess. You get frustrated with the chaos. You get tired of the and 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 that can happen. It can happen through, you know, bringing on a, a, a messy guest on your sure. program. Sure, sure. You know, it doesn't just have to be in a church in a building. It could be where you're having to clean something up or having to explain something. And and not saying that what they're doing is necessarily right, but at the same time, if it's too pristine, then you know, is it really in that framework of God? Because it, it wasn't uh it wasn't in that place of of being just neat and tidy and having a perfect little bow on it. Yeah, we certainly love that in the Western church, that's for sure. Yeah. I mean, the, cross, I think, the crime scene, 
Yeah. <laughs> it was a crime scene. I mean, this is not, this isn't a, this was a pretty, you yeah. know, we <laughs> this, this was, this was a, a, it, it was, it was a blood, it was bloody. It was a big, mm -hmm. it was a big mess. It was mm -hmm. horrific. You know, yeah. it was a nightmare, you know, yeah. but that was God, yeah. you know, the cross of Christ here mm -hmm. on earth, that bloody shredded body hanging yeah. on that cross was our King sitting on his throne on this earth. Mm. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. But that's God. Mm -hmm. And God will not make sense. He will not fit in your box and you can't make him. <laughs> yeah. And I think the reality is like, we don't think about, I mean, pursuing God is costly, you know? And so I, I think uh, no matter where you, any way you spin it, you know, when you're genuinely following God, it's costly. It's going to cost you something. Yeah. And so Jesus says, pick up your cross and follow me. And um, it, it does cost us something. Yeah. And I think even when we call for revival, we think of like the move of God and we don't think about who's going to lock up the building at 3 a.m. Who's going to clean the bathrooms? Who's going to do X, Y, and Z? You know, uh, we don't think about that, but there is going to be a cost. Um, you know, it, it cracks yeah. me up a bit. Uh, and please forgive me if this sounds judgmental anyway. I don't mean it to sound that way, <laughs> but I mean it to sound just to, to, to influence thinking mm -hmm. you know when i go to a church and at the beginning they'll start off by praying to start the service before worship and they'll just say mm -hmm. just come holy spirit and i'm mm -hmm. like you realize what you're inviting in the room right now <laughs> people think it's gonna oh this sweet sort of thing you know have you ever noticed how jesus keeps referring to, in the, with the disciples he keeps calling the holy spirit the comforter the comforter the comforter None of the manifestations on the day of Pentecost are comforting. No, not. you know, fire falling from the sky, landing on their heads, them erupting in this gibberish in the natural. People thinking they're drunk, and they're like, "No, we're not drunk. We're not drunk." <laughs> gale force wind ripping through the room. Yeah. None of that is comforting. Right. But that's the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. That's the power of the Spirit that we just invited into this room. When you say "Come, Holy Spirit," I, I tell people, I'm like. I, I don't do it until the very last if uh, in, in, in a more of a ministry setting, because I'm expecting every time for that room just to blow up mm. in the power of God. But if you invite that at the beginning, brace for impact yeah. because you are calling for this. You know, I, re I remember hearing a minister say one time, he says, you're calling for the creative power at the beginning of time that spoke and created this entire universe. And you're, and you're calling for the, uh, you're also calling for the destructive sort of power that we see in the book of revelation that purifies this earth to collide in this very moment. And you can't have that without having things be messy. Yeah. You're inviting God into the scene. And, yeah. and, and even with, uh, you know, Darren's film, like it, uh, halfway through, it took a totally different direction. You'll see the part of his daughter in there. Pay attention to that because that that what was happening with her ended up taking the movie in a completely different direction. But it was wow. clearly the orchestration of the Holy Spirit um, to see, you know, what took place and what happened in that. But you're caught. You're inviting this this incredible massive. Um, you know, interruption to occur when you call Holy Spirit come. Right. And I think too, there's like, 
there can be this tendency even with us where we look at like we you know what you said where you're like it's messy and you're calling for uh, you know messiness and 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 even trying to wrap our heads around that i think the appropriate response is more like being i don't know if this is the right way to say it, but like being comfortable with the discomfort or allowing allowing god the space to move even if it makes you uncomfortable help elijah fire continue to make an impact around the world all donations go toward making elijah fire and the elijah fire podcast possible visit elijahfire.com slash give and become a partner today and not be like okay yeah i hear what robbie's saying okay church we're, we're gonna we're gonna implement what robbie's talking about and so we need to look at every possible avenue that god could move in are we okay with this yes okay great and then like god that comes from a completely different avenue than you plan there's no checklist yeah you can't plan it you know and so you know i can't look checklist on pentecost no they had no warning yeah it's not like jesus said hey by the way guys you're gonna start speaking this thing that's gonna sound weird to you or you're gonna start you're gonna start but but it's clear spirit language and you're gonna find power in it you know he he doesn't give any of that he gives no heads up on any of that we kind of have the benefit of having power yeah we yeah we we kind of have the benefit now of uh you know, having had people in years past have experiences like that and be able to walk us through it. But like, man, the guys in, in acts, they were winging it like the definition of winging it, you know? So yeah, I, you know what, you know, what cracks me up? And this, again, this is not to take shots. Please no one hear this as this, yeah. please don't hear it this way, but it does crack me up when, when, a when something starts moving, like, um, somebody screams out maybe either either being touched by the holy spirit or by the and you know somebody comes to the mic and says it's okay that's just the holy spirit moving on them that's just the holy part of it cracks me up because i'm i'm always thinking i have to explain god and have to justify god i remember in in my when i was pastoring in the chicago land and uh had this guy this girl who was living with her boyfriend she had become a christian clearly she wasn't living that way because she was still living sure. with this guy and uh-huh. and stuff like that but she said you know finally my boyfriend came to church and he's always swore he would never come with me to church and he's here and he says he says uh you know i'll i'll stay as long as nothing weird happens you know well this particular sunday everything weird happened you know? <laughs> and of course you know for those of us who who love the work of the spirit we're like this is a good sunday you yeah. know for this guy but there was a guy literally on the floor manifesting a demon and he's like oh. ah, you know and he's frothing about and this guy's standing this guy walks over and he's standing at the feet of this guy and you know two of our ministry team are praying for him casting the demon out and he's just looking like this like his eyes are really big like, like whoa saucers. you know yeah and i walked up and i just put my hand on his shoulder and i was trying to think of something to say to kind of calm him or to make him feel good and i i thought let me ask a question instead i said what do you think's happening here i said what do you think's happening right there uh-huh. and he said well if he's the God of the universe, the God of all creation, as you guys say and believe, he said, I think if the God who created that body were to get close to it, that every cell would recognize its creator mm-hmm. and cry out to be wow. united with him. Yeah, man. Now, the guy was manifesting a demon. That's not quite what was happening, mm-hmm. you know? But I was like, yeah. Yeah, good. I patted him on the yeah. shoulder. You're <laughs> so fine. You know I mean? But we don't realize the Holy Spirit interprets things. 
the Holy Spirit steps in. The Holy Spirit starts working. The Holy mm. Spirit starts starts directing things in those times. And so the Holy Spirit will come and he will he will give a people a sense of what is happening. Holy Spirit will will identify things and 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 let them see things. My explanation would not have been near as good as what that guy's conclusion was. Yeah. If I would have tried to explain it, if I would have tried to come up with some sort of night niece pastoral, you know, excuse for why God was behaving like this with this it wouldn't have worked. But what the Holy Spirit was doing with him was working and he was connecting. That guy gave his life to Christ that day, right after mm. that, wow. you know, because he saw a demon manifest. It's <laughs> you know? mm. so like we sort of think we have to get into all this big explanation of God. And the truth is, God will deal with it. God's a big God. Mm-hmm. He can cover himself. I don't, have yeah. to, I don't have to explain him. I don't have to, you know, I have to, I want to help people understand him. But I don't have to sit there and make excuses for him. He's a big God. He's he's yeah. got it, you know. And mm-hmm. it was in that situation, you know, that it was just clear. Boom, you know, this is, um, you know, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord will, will take care of it if we just trust Him. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's wild. Because that kind of reminds me of a. Uh, uh, I led a team in YWAM to India, and there were like twelve of us total, and and. It was like a very uh, eclectic group of people, but they and they never they didn't quite like when we were getting ready to go. They just didn't. They were so different from each other. They just didn't quite gel. I mean, there were a couple of little pockets of friendships and stuff like that. But there's one girl in particular. We were at a like this village that was like really known for like dark, dark stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And we were doing a little church service and I'm um, in front of someone's house and. And uh, I remember I had my eyes closed. I was standing in the back and she was over to my left and I like, I had my eyes closed and then all of a sudden, bam, my eyes, it was like my eyes were open, but I saw, I was seeing in the spirit. And I remember I turned because I felt something to my left. And so I turned with my eyes closed and I saw her leaning over this woman and I saw this huge Cobra, like come up from behind her. It was huge. I was like, Whoa. And so I was just praying and then I opened my eyes. I actually opened my physical eyes and she's praying for this woman who is demonically manifesting in front of her. And this is a girl who didn't like, that was not, that didn't happen in her book. And it really, really affected her like in a positive way. Yeah. Um, the same thing where she was just like, wow, like this is real, you know? And so God will, I mean, you put yourself out there. Uh, you know, and I mean, in, in this case, she didn't know what she was getting herself into. Yeah, she went to India, and India is pretty intense. Um, oh yeah, oh yeah. Know? But yeah, so it's kind you know, of Jeff, it's really crazy because, like, out on the streets and stuff like that, you know, like it, when we have people manifest demons, you know, like if we're in a church service, we're like drag them to the back of the room and <laughs> deal with them there and stuff like yeah. that. You know, when you're on the streets, you can't do that. Yeah, you know. But what's intriguing is how interested people are. They have a, it, it's almost like they have a box for the supernatural. They don't realize they have until they see it, hmm. you know, but all of a sudden they'll, they'll come up and they're like, yeah, that, that looks like a demon. That looks like, yeah, that's exactly what that looks like. They're like, they can identify and they're intrigued. They're not running away in, in fear. They're running to it going, what is that? What's happening? What's, wow. what's taking place with them? Like uh-huh. I've never had it to where like, they're like running away, but they're actually running to it because there's something, there's a, 
a curiosity of the supernatural that's inside of them. Oh, absolutely. Um, I yeah. remember uh, in, in um, I was in uh, Kandahar in Afghanistan and this guy starts manifesting. Um, we're at the market praying for people and ministering to people and sharing the gospel, you know, and this guy starts manifesting demonically. Well, everybody immediately was like, oh, that's, you know, it's kind of like, that's crazy. Muhammad, you know, the, the <laughs> lives here and he's yeah. kind of, the, and I was like, no, this isn't crazy. This is yeah. demon. And this is a, and, and what was intriguing was how everybody now in the, in the, in the Islamic world, there's not really a lot of context for demons and casting demons. I mean, they believe in them. They, you know, that's what genies are. And throughout right. the Arab world is, is, is demons. They're demons. They're not, they're not cute little cartoons like we make them to be. They're like, that's a demon. Mm. And and a matter of fact, believe it or not, that's why they're afraid of the swirl in the toilet is because it, it, they, they believe it's a portal for so demons. Do they just like flush it and run away or like what? They get nervous around toilets. No joke. It wow. depends on part of the like i mean if you're in a place like jordan or or lebanon where they're a little bit more westernized Not, like nom more nominal yeah yeah, yeah yeah in, in certain more of the third world part of the muslim world sudan in 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 uh different other places in libya and in afghanistan they, they're it, it's they, they're scared iraq wow man it scares crazy. them and so uh because they see that they've heard that well this guy all of a sudden all these guys just come running you know and and it was interesting because i prayed for several people that got healed and a, it does gather a crowd when that happens for sure but with a demon manifesting it gathered a bigger crowd you know and and yet they all knew him as you know crazy muhammad you know the guy who who does this from time to time but yet there was something different because it was a truly a collision of the kingdoms that were taking place. Mm -hmm. And even in the supernatural realm, even in the spirit realm, they couldn't figure it out, but it was pulling them into it, you know? And, and so even what would naturally see, you would think was a negative experience. Actually, I think we ended up leading 15 people to Christ on the streets that day by that happening because they saw the guy completely set free. They saw the demon leave. They saw the, you know, they, they, they saw him get up and, you know, as, you know, kind of as the scripture says in his right mind after that. And they were like, whoa. So, I mean, what we think are negatives so many times are extreme positive for unbelievers because they see the demonstration of the power of God. And if you think about it, even in, uh, you know, what is it? Acts or excuse me, Luke four, Luke five, I think it's Luke four, where the demon manifests in the synagogue and Jesus casts it out and everybody's in wonder at his authority. You know, and and they're in awe of his authority. We're about to do one of our uh, some more of our Acts schools in uh, in Lebanon and in another country. I can't name the other country uh, on here, but but uh, this is where we pull people from all over the Muslim world to come in and train them in power evangelism wow. and stuff like that. And one of the thing, one of the things I love is when our students come back because we send them at, out on the streets like every day. And, um, you know, and it's it's interesting how that they're, you know, like a demon manifesting or something, you know, is sort of their the least of their concerns. It's more the concern, the police showing up, you know, because they'll arrest them and, right. they can be, you know, um, 
and uh, things like that, you know, to where that it's, it affects them that way, you know, but it's, it's intriguing how that when the demons manifest that for them, they're almost like, oh, good. Because it, first of all, it's an opportunity for them to exercise in mm -hmm. the power that Christ has given them, the power of the Holy Spirit that's mm -hmm. resident within them. And then secondly, it's also a drawing factor. What we sort of see, um, you know, again, as a negative is for them is the positive. And so it's, uh, it, it's, it's really interesting. And it makes that whole, um, uh, thank you for your staff posting this, but the loop. Way to go, Nash. 433 uh, through 57. Thank you, Elimination. Uh, that totally punches it. It draws people to see the authority of Christ. And so these aren't negatives, what we think of as, you know, being such a negative thing, you know, but it's actually very much a positive thing, you know, that will draw people to see the demonstration of the authority of Christ as you know, as it's uh, as it's being worked out and, and you know right in front of their eyes, and to want that power and to want that authority, yeah, you know, it works the it works the opposite. And mm. but yet here in the Western world, we see it as a negative. But uh, you know, throughout the Middle East and Central Asia, yeah. and then, as we refer to it as the Muslim world, it's uh, which quickly becoming the Christian world. Come on, um, man is um you know there's a big shift you know that that occurs we had one of our students that was a we had one that was a former al-qaeda member and then one of that was a former um isis member hmm. um that had been trained to blow themselves up you know they trained they were trained to uh as ch from the time they were children to go and blow themselves up um you know uh in you know in jihad you know for the purpose of jihad mm -hmm. And um, and they were they were saying uh, to one of our leaders that was there, they were like, man, I, you know, this this the impact they were like, if if, you know, these former Al Qaeda ISIS members could see the power of this demonstration, especially when it relates to the demonic, it would it would totally get them. Wow. It would totally. So what we see as messy and as a as a as a problem actually is a true demonstration of you know, the authority of Christ and, and, and that breaks it. And of course you cannot break that demonic spirit by just saying in the name of God, it's gotta be in the name of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And it's gotta be, you know, it's through the authority of Jesus. The name of Muhammad isn't going to do it. The name of, uh, you know, from their perspective, just another prophet, because that's all they see Jesus as right. it doesn't work. And so it actually works for the benefit of this, uh, you know, of this breakthrough. And, and I, I really do feel that we're seeing, you know, uh, with a lot of people that are now, you know, sort of putting, you know, more uh, deliverance type ministry, you know, out there, I would encourage people though, to, to really focus on it, not just from the standpoint of being in a church service, get it out of the, get it out of the building, get it out on the streets. Guys, this is where the, the, the most powerful stuff happens anyway. I mean, you know, we, we, we spend so much of our time in the church that we don't, we're, we're not being the salt and light outside of it. And, and it's not about drawing a bunch of friends to church. You are the demonstration of the power of Jesus Christ. Mm. The Holy Spirit resides in you. Put that yeah. on display. Put yeah. Jesus on display in the streets, in the mall, in the, everywhere you go. I mean, you're going to see incredible things happen and, and things that you, that are beyond your control. And I think the Holy Spirit likes that because then we're dependent on him in the moment 
versus just our experience or what we've been told. Mm-hmm. We're really leaning into him, leaning into, into uh, his power and dependent on him to navigate through those circumstances. Yeah. Well, something just, that I, yeah, you shared a, on one of your episodes of, of Radical Radio, um, you were talking about you were praying for this atheist guy or something, and you said, okay, this is what's going to happen. You know, you can look at you can look at what happens next as transference or your mind. And you were said, but I'm going to pray for you in a second and you're going to experience something and it's going to be very hard for you to justify being an atheist. It was something like yeah, that. You're going to have to work for it. Yeah, you're going to work for it. And <laughs> I really, man, the level of faith to even say that, because for me, I was like, oh, man, like that's like going out and like praying for somebody and then saying that I was like, man, like that's, I mean, that's where we should be though. It's like, do I believe in the power of God? Do I believe that he wants to, he wants to meet someone where they're at uh, and and that it's greater than my reputation and my, you know, it's like, I mean, that, that really affected me, you know, in a positive way of just like, man, like I really started like processing through some stuff with myself. Like that's, that's a bold thing to say. Well, we have to remember, we have to remember, and I, I think it was John Wimber who coined the phrase, maybe it was somebody else and he got it from them, but faith is risk. Yeah. We can't forget that. And, mm-hmm. and so many times we think faith is God speaking something to you and you saying it. Sometimes it is the power of that prophetic declaration. Mm-hmm. You are releasing through the words of your mouth. This is where the word of faith you know, uh, camp comes in and, and, you know, for people who take their shots at Hagen, he was right. You know, you are releasing a power of a power of declaration. You're saying, this is what's going to happen. That's the use of authority. Mm. You know, John G. Lake understood that in his prayers, you know, in his, in his, you know, in, in, you know, uh, approach to healing of, you know, stay after it, contend for it, fight for it, you know, and that it's, it will change, make it submit. You know, Mm. there is that, that statement of authority that, that you're, that you're releasing and that's a risk to do. It's a risk to do that. But if you don't take risk, you're not using faith. Yeah. And people are like, but, but, you know, we have to keep in mind, you know, sometimes to be in that situation and be like, what's the riskiest thing I can say, you know, and what's the thing. And, and, and my statement all the time is, look, I'm willing to look the fool. If I make him look the King, Mm. if something I say looks foolish and stupid and gets laughed at, I'm willing to play that role and to see nothing happen and to not see it take place the way I'm saying I'm willing to do that. If, if that demonstrates him as the king and, and the mm-hmm. truth is somebody's going to think you're a fool anyway, right. just go with it. Yeah. And if, you're, if they're going to think it, give them enough ammunition, mm-hmm. give them enough evidence, yeah. you know, um, because they're, they're going to think that, you know, no matter what. And, and so, you know, step out and, and, and with taking that risk, you know, you're going to see things happen with unbelievers. When I pray for them to be healed, I'm like, Jesus is going to heal you right now so that you will know how much he loves you and cares about you. And when he heals you, that's him inviting you to a relationship. And so let me pray for you. And then when they get healed, now, let me tell you something, Jeff, when I say that versus I'm going to pray for you and I want you to know Jesus can heal you. He definitely has the power. He has the ability. But if I say he's going to right now, I see more healing happen. Mm. 
when I put when I put something on the line, because that's like taking the risk. If it's a knob, it's turning it from you know one or two or three all the way up to yeah. <laughs> you know, you're going to the highest. Yeah, you want to the highest number at that at that you know point. Yeah, uh, the eleven is a quote from the uh, movie Spinal Tap. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, dude. Yeah, uh, but you're, you're cranking it up all the way. Mm-hmm. So if we're going to really believe this is faith and people are like, well, if I had a word to say that, then I would do it. Well, if you have a word, how much faith is involved? Because if yeah. I have a word, there's almost a guarantee. So mm-hmm. that there's not, a, sometimes there's not a lot of yeah. faith in that. But when well, I, and I think too, like you know, putting it out all on the line like that, like we all look like, I know I've, I've prayed for people before they've gotten healed. Like I've seen a lot of healings at this point. Um, same with you. So if, you saying that and God doesn't by your perception, heal someone. Uh, that's not, well, that's, I've, read, that's, I've, I've said it and they haven't gotten healed. Yeah. I've said it and they, sure. and that's not happened. Yeah. I actually had an atheist say to me one time when I said that to him and he didn't get healed. He said, what impacts me is that you believe this that much that you would put that much on the line to say it. And he goes, I want to believe like that. Wow. Even though he did not get healed. I mean, it wasn't like from a 10 to a nine and a half. It was from a 10 to a 10. There was no change. Yeah. And so, you know, but if we don't say it, and I'm not saying you have to say that, it's just, that's, it's more, I mean, the, 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 yeah, the moral of the story is that you're saying like, we need to we need to lean hard into the promises of God. God wants to connect with people. He wants to he wants people to be healed. He wants yeah. them to be whole. He doesn't want people to be in pain, you know. So uh, I think to me it's more like standing hard on the promises of God, you know. Um, but I mean, really, it's like when you put it on the line, like. I know even if I don't see someone get healed, I know God heals. I know he can heal. So to me, it's more like God is the one whose name is on the line, not me and not you. Right. Uh, Hey, I'm just doing what he said to do. Right. I'm just obeying. Right. So it is, it is on him. I I don't have the power to heal anybody. No. (laughs) The power and the authority resides in me because Christ resides in me, Mm -hmm. but I don't, it's not mine. Yeah. It's his who lives in me. And so, but I'm just following, I'm, I'm going with the obedience of what mm-hmm. he said to do. And, the, and here's the thing. If I get discouraged because I don't see somebody get healed when I pray for them, who's the glory for? If I get discouraged and bummed out, who's, and I stop and go, Lord, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do this when I prayed? Why didn't, who am I saying the glory's for? Mm-hmm. At that point, it's for me. But if I sit there and I pray for somebody, they don't get healed. And I'm like, my shoulders are back. My head's up. You know why? I obeyed. Mm-hmm. I obeyed God. Mm-hmm. My, my confidence is high because I obeyed. Yeah. I can't produce it. It's not me. I'm not the source of it. But yeah. the source lives in me. And so I'm operating from that standpoint. So I don't have a right to get discouraged because then I'm taking the glory. Sure. No, so, I, I will say that I've gotten discouraged and it's more because I wanted I have to. I'm not I wanted that, but I it was more because I me. wanted I wanted them to get healed because I could tell that they were in pain, yes. you know. And so there's like I it's more like a compassion, but yeah, there is that I'm other side. More like, to, 
man, I look like an idiot. I look stupid. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Speaking more to the point where where somebody's going, I ain't doing that again. Sure, sure, sure. You know, because it didn't happen. I did. Who's the glory for? Yeah. It's not for me. Again, if I look, and here's the thing: we see failure as bad. Listen, failure is good. That's where we learn. Hmm. Blow, push the. I tell everybody in my trainings, I'm like, push the failure. We had this uh, lady came to our church, and her husband told me, and she goes, he goes, you're gonna want to put my wife on the on our your prophetic team, because uh, you know we had a pretty stellar prophetic team. And she goes, uh, he goes, she's her accuracy is ninety five percent. And I looked at him, I said, that's terrible. And he goes, what? And I said, oh, that's horrible. And he goes, you don't understand 95% of the time she's right. And I said, here's the problem. Your wife's not taking enough risk. I said, let's get that down to about 60%. Then she's taking more risk. And now she's living by more faith. Hmm. I said, I want her taking more risk. I said, she's worried about the accuracy. I'm not worried about the accuracy. I'm worried about her development and her growth and growing in the gift. And that only comes by taking risk. And that only comes by hitting failure. Hmm. This is the reason why I got so upset when these, all these prophets were apologizing after the last election. Yeah. And saying, we got it wrong. I'm like, stop, stop apologizing. I under, I've got up and said things wrong, called somebody out, this young lady right here. And they're like, I'm actually a dude. And like, oops, sorry. You know, oh, man. <laughs> I, I apologized in that setting. But here, if we hear something from the Lord, I mean, we have to remember Hezekiah hears clearly from the Lord, but yet it didn't come to pass, hmm. you know, and, and, it, and it shifted. Yet, did, was Hezekiah wrong? Did he, or, you know, he was hearing the word from Elisha who came and approached him and said to him, you're going to die. And then he turns his face to the wall and he comes, you know, all of that whole scenario. But what I'm saying is, is that when we get to the place where it's all about being right and it's not about connecting that person to Jesus, that's when we get off course because we're, we're then more worried about, and then, you, you know, too, people will start cheating on it. They'll start using in, you know, inside information to be accurate. In fact, forget that. Stay focused on com- stepping out in risk, demonstrating that, and, and, and it all about being, you know, that person having an encounter with Jesus. Anyway, sorry to get off on all that. No, <laughs> no, 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 man. It's really good. Yeah, I don't think we did on anything other than one thing that we intended to yeah, talk Yeah, well, talk, talk really quick about um, you have American Kingdom Training School this summer. Yeah. What yeah, is yeah. that, Robbie? So we've got, uh, we have a, a school that we're doing the first week in August. That's the American Kingdom Training School. It's what we, it's sort of our version of what we're doing in the Middle East. Uh, for those who follow my ministry, they knew I was part of uh, Power and Love uh, for many years and uh, a, a school that Tom Rotolo had developed, uh, which was a an equipping on power evangelism, basically equipping you know people for a four day equipping school on power evangelism, hitting the streets every day. Well, we're going to be doing one in August here in the Dallas uh, Fort Worth area. Uh, you can go to my website, which is listed right there under my name and, and, and we'll have information about that, but it's going to be training people in the prophetic, especially how it relates to out on the streets 
and, and, you know, ways to approach that, uh, different strategies on that. You know, we've had the incredible guys like Doug Addison, who's, who's helped the body of Christ in understanding, you know, the prophetic outside of the church and things like that. Many other people too, not just Doug, but he's just one of many voices in that. But we're going to be doing a training and equipping of a dear friend of mine, Andrew Cannon, who's one of the leading evangelists mm-hmm. currently in England is, is coming and joining with me. And, and we'll probably have another speaker to by that time, but uh, just training and equipping people. So it'll be the first weekend, first weekend in August um, that we're doing that and and just going to be hitting the streets, uh, training, equipping, teaching you how to operate in healing, step-by-step coaching, um, you know, giving you steps in that healing, deliverance. What, you know, what does it look like casting a demon out of somebody outside of the church? You know, things we've been talking about here. Um, and so a lot of the stuff that you see in those Darren Wilson films, we're going to be training and equipping on that. Okay. And uh, so we call our schools throughout the Middle East, Axe schools, Arab kingdom training schools. Well, here we're calling it American kingdom training school and um, and just equipping uh, to go and, you know, do the stuff Jesus did. That's wow. the objective of it. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a it's going to be a great event and it's going to be very powerful. We did one a couple of years ago called Unstoppable. Um, and it, it, it was uh, we, we got into a little bit more of the teaching of the theology of it and the kingdom of God. This one's going to be super practical, hands on. You're going to see lots of people get healed. Uh, by the people doing it and, and, and uh, lots of people, uh, you know, uh, get impacted and, and grow in, in the prophetic in, especially as it relates to, you know, doing it outside on the streets. Mm, awesome. So this is a, an in-person school, right? Yeah. Yeah. In-person, in-person conference. Uh, we found that those were, I've done a lot of virtual things, you know, uh, but, but found that this one really, you know, and we have lots of training DVDs and, you know, MP4s and stuff that, that, you know, for people, but I've just found that a lot of people, you know, if they, if they have a collective, they sort of operate off the synergy of everyone there for the same purpose. It's and then easy to everybody. talk yourself out of it. Like if it were virtual, they're like, all right, so your, your homework is to go do X, Y, and Z. It's really easy to talk yourself out of doing X, Y, and Z when it's like, where instead you're saying no accountability. Yeah. This yeah. is what we're doing. Uh-huh. You know, thing, so yeah. Yes. Awesome. Well, Robbie, how can people follow you uh, in addition to going to RobbieDawkins.com or there's some other ways? Let them know. Yeah. On Instagram, Facebook, um, you know, we have work on some other social media things I don't even know about (laughs) my team. (laughs) Go search Robbie Dawkins on any given social media platform and you might find something. But yeah, Twitter, you know, um, Mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, we have, uh, we have regular and we put out regular encouraging things to keep people stepping outside of the church and, you know, doing all that. So yeah. And then radical radio. How often do you post uh, new, new episodes of that? Is it? Well, we, we haven't, we, we, we certainly haven't caught up to you and what you're doing, but we're just, you know, right now we're trying to, we're trying to put out one a week at Mm -hmm. least. Uh, uh, There was a while where we were putting out a couple a week because we were kind of running off of uh, the impact of the film Jesus revolution and bringing some people that were a part you know, or at least behind the scenes, a part of that, um, 
the, the real story of, you know, of what was taking place, uh, uh-huh. just the movie did not the movie behind the scenes, but the, you know, at the, at those places and times. And so, but now it's, uh, so we're trying to put it out, uh, about, about every week. Uh, you know, part of it is just, I'm, not in town enough to do them and we're trying to schedule it around that Uh but anyway and we're hitting on all sorts of topics that are just not typically discussed yeah well you had one that was i mean i'm sure you got got a lot of positive feedback on the one with michael miller you guys did like a two-parter oh it was all about toxic leadership whoo man that was that was it. That was a that was a zinger. That one was real good. Really, I really want to encourage everybody to especially watch those because they're 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 they really. I had Jeff so many pastors contact me, you know, because both Michael and I say we both in that in that series we were like, well, I know areas I was moving in toxicity, sure, where yeah. I was being toxic as yeah, a leader. I was doing that, you know, and 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 several pastors contacted and were like, man, I had no idea I was doing that. That those two segments revealed to me how that I was operating in toxicity. And it was just stuff they had learned. And that's what so much of it is. is People just learn these things and think it's biblical, you know, when actually it's not. And, and it's, they're, they're very, very, I mean, we had people saying this saved my life. You know, uh, one guy had, had was convinced he was damned to hell for all eternity because one leader, simply because he left the church. Wow. And he wasn't leaving it in a place of rebellion. He just felt directed to go someplace else. Mm-hmm. And, 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 but he respected the pastor enough that he believed this message that, and he goes, man, I, I thought if I died, you know, it wasn't going to matter. I was going to go to hell no matter what. Wow. And, and seeing this, it just set him free and it released him Come from on. this curse that he was living under. Come on. And so, uh, so yeah, with each one of the segments, we try to hit on things that are, you know, that are important. We try to give some light, you know, we, the ones we just did was with my son, my oldest son, where we're talking about power evangelism, uh-huh. you know, out on the streets and stuff. Yeah. We try to throw, we try to let people come up for air sometimes because mm-hmm. some of the stuff can be pretty intense. Yeah. Yeah. But with future ones, we're going to be talking about divorce and the church, how, how that mm-hmm. affects things. And, you know, where is it biblical? Where is it not biblical? And, and, you know, kind of delving into some of that and, and some other subjects too, that, that we just don't, you know, we don't really typically talk about, you know, yeah. things that people need to know and need to understand that they're going through in their lives. Yeah. Come on. Well, Robbie, thank you so much, man. I always look forward to having you on the show and love your podcast, all that good stuff. So, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Everybody, that is our show. Have a blessed Wednesday. Tune in tomorrow, Thursday. We've got Charlie Champ on for the first time. A lot of you guys have been requesting Charlie for a long time. The day has finally come. So that's going to be a great episode. 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time, Thursday, May 11th. Have a blessed day, you guys, and we'll see you tomorrow. But okay, bye. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today. 